Hello, dear listeners. It's Lauren, host, well, today's solo host of Brand Therapy. Bill cannot join us today, so I'm taking over the podcast permanently. Oh, did your heart stop? No, I'm just kidding. He's just gone for this one episode while he's traveling, and then Phil will be right back into it starting in the new year. So this episode's going to be a little different from the others. It is a recap of some of our favorite, favorite guests from 2018. Now, we love all of our guests equally, but these three episodes were pretty special to us. We were cutting and choosing which ones we wanted to feature in this episode and realized right as we're about to go into final edits that we did not have a recorded intro. So that's where I'm here saving the day, I guess. I'm not going to waste your time any longer. So let's just dive right into it and get to the episodes. Hope you enjoy them. Now, the first episode we're going to listen to of the recap is with Lawrence. If you haven't listened to Lawrence's full episode, episode eight, I believe, go back and listen to it. He's awesome. And he is a consultant who wants to dive fully into his dream of being a transcriber. So part of why we chose this episode to kick off our recap is because Lawrence and actually, well, we work together with Lawrence to figure out how to say what he does in a way that anyone can understand. When you work as a specialist and there are a lot of layers and complications behind what you do, sometimes you've just got to get to the point. So that's what we do in this episode. There's an educational component here. And I think people might be a little hesitant or nervous simply because they aren't familiar with the type of work you do. So by breaking it down and kind of walking them through that experience, it again might help with the sales and make it less likely that they'll click out of your website. Instead, they'll they'll actually contact you for your work. Yeah. And that's actually, I could do that, well, I think within a week even because I have that in quotes. I have the whole process lined out exactly what I do. It's a seven-step process even. Um, oh God, that's perfect. So it's a it's a nice yeah exactly it's a nice number of steps, and it's really really very clear what you need to do first and second and third and how long it will take from start to finish. Whenever you set the first step, and that is the main thing, and that's the the step that the client needs to take, which is to know the story they want to tell, and that that's what I found in doing this. That a lot of clients actually are not really clear on the story. They're just clear on that they want some fun way to tell it. So I end up spending about half my time crafting a really good story with them. And then it's actually pretty easy to illustrate it. So the, 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 the main work is actually not in what you would think it would be, which is creating the video scribe. If the story is already there and they know exactly what they want, I can do, the, I can do them in two days. However, getting it up to the level of quality that there's a, a story that you can illustrate, that usually takes about two weeks. Just going back and forth into okay, so if you want to, if you want to animate this, you would either need to change the wording or the the order of stuff or the to make it like a logical animation because that's that's obviously people that aren't into animation they don't know what it takes with regard to the script. So that's what I also end up doing a lot, which is uh, really talking to the client. Okay, these are the metaphors that you want to use. This is what you want to see. And given those facts, this is how you best tell that story. That makes perfect sense. And what you're doing, it's an exciting step because you are taking inventory of your system 
you're taking inventory of your process rather and building a system from it. And so that you break it down to a science, the type of science that you could teach someone else to be a part of. That's the whole goal here is I think in doing this, you're, you're developing a style. For the record, I've been quietly Googling here in the corner and I finally found the one I was thinking of, which is the oatmeal, of course. Of course, I, I, I look ah. him up all the time. The oatmeal is what I was going for. I said the acorn. That <laughs> was not close. But the, the oatmeal is a really good example of an illustrator who developed a really unique style, a great sense of humor, something that was almost contagious and, and went viral online because just, you know, his stuff is so funny. But that's a really good brand hero for you, Lawrence, because mm-hmm. I think you, you do have a very unique style. It's the kind of thing where like if there was a wall of work uh, without names on it and yours was up there with a bunch of competitors or even people that do, you know, some idea of what you do, I would know which one is yours. And that's really yeah. cool. Yeah. And that's <laughs> a treasure. Yeah. That's, a, that's your competitive advantage. And the whole idea now is if you want to grow this, if you want to build this from side hustle to full-time gig, that can make you rich and fulfill you more importantly, can, can be something you love to do every day you wake up. We need to think about this as a business. No side hustle, no hobby. Mm-hmm. This is a business. This is something you can grow and scale and teach others to be a part of to help you deliver this to clients. It's exciting. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm, uh, I'm, I wor- I'm working towards because I've been biding my time long enough and, and basically procrastinating on, on the stuff that I, that I knew I wanted to do but somehow did not want to make time for. And of course, then it's never going to happen. And what's so funny is that you actually have all of the tools to put this into action immediately. Like you don't need to hire any graphic designer. You don't like you have, I'm looking at your Instagram right now, for example, and I'm looking at the notes that you did with Pat Flynn's talk and you have a style and I want to see this visual style on your website. I don't want there to be any difference between what you see on your website and the work that you actually do. Like merge those two things together and do what you're best at and show that on the website. Yeah, but, but, but that just makes so much sense. But again, it's, it's almost shocking that I didn't uh, already figure that out for myself and, and, and execute on it. Wasn't that great? Ugh, he's the best. He's so open-minded, and I have no doubt that Lawrence will find success as a professional visual transcriber. For the next episode, this is a fun one, one where I geek out and think about Detective Olivia Benson. It's with Ashley, who's a private investigator. So we selected this episode because not only does Ashley have, like, the coolest job in the world— Oh my goodness. But Ashley has a bunch of questions about using Facebook as a business that I think we all have. So I'm not going to talk about it any longer. Let's dive into it. Nobody in my area was hiring and I didn't want to move for a job, especially being new to the industry. So then I decided I can't join and beat them. So I started my own company and had to go through a million other things in order to get my agency license. And that was about three years ago now. Do you wear disguises when you're following, when you're investigating? (laughs) Or is that a trope? Yeah, sometimes. Oh, really? (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, especially myself, because I'm the face of my company. So when I go out and about, people recognize me like I've been on, you know, television and in magazines and all that kind of stuff. So when people see me, they're quick to think like, oh, are you following me as a joke? But sometimes it's like, yeah, I am. <laughs> <laughs> oh so I gosh. have to actually be, you know, 
change the color of my hair or my face or, you know, completely take part of like, I don't know, look like I belong on the streets and like completely change my look and then kind of fit into the scene I'm at at that point. Oh my gosh. Okay. I have so many more questions, but I can't, we we need to make this about, about you. Let's talk about how clients are, and people are currently finding you. Has Facebook worked for you in the past with people contacting you? Generally, people contact me through either Google or directly from my website. Where social media is concerned, LinkedIn has been a huge success. However, Facebook, I find the general target or the general people that contact us are solely inquiries or I don't want to say it's a waste of time, but it's often individuals that don't have the funds to hire us. So many people are having problems with Facebook now just in general. And Phil, I'm going to let you talk about that. But before we even go there, I just want to say that whenever clients ask us about what social media channels they should be on, they kind of assume that Facebook is like, a must, you know, they assume that they need to have a presence on Facebook. But I just want to say before we get into talking about it, you do not have to have a presence, an active presence on every single social media channel just because it exists. Phil talks a lot about this at conferences in particular. It's better to be really, really rocking a few than to be trying to make something work and spending a lot of time and energy in a platform that just isn't going to help move your business forward. So I just want to sort of put that out there. Phil, did you have anything that you wanted to kind of say or... Yeah, I mean, I think some of the challenges you're facing are the challenges faced by many business owners right now. Fairly recently, I sent an email blast about Facebook because it felt like it needed to happen. I don't talk that much about Facebook. I talk a lot more about Twitter and Instagram, but it's changed so quickly in, in ways that are not so positive for small business owners. Now you have to pretty much pay to boost any post that you want seen beyond a few percentages of the followers that you've amassed, right? It's, it's super frustrating for people who've worked really hard to grow their page. Now, all of a sudden, the audience that you've garnered don't see the content you share unless you pay even more for that content to be seen. I think people are also spending less time on Facebook because it's um, less of a rewarding experience. Instagram simplifies life. Visuals, captions, keep scrolling. Facebook is full of ads. It's full of weird content. It's full of content that you don't really necessarily want to see. And so that experience has, has, has changed. I think it's harder as a marketing tool. Still, when it comes to Facebook ads, a great one to reach a very specific audience for not spending a huge amount of money. So Facebook ads still very much in their own league. But in terms of using its native organic features, not what it used to be. Okay, so I'm not going to lie, that episode basically makes me want to quit my day job and become a full-time private investigator, although I have a feeling I wouldn't be nearly as subtle as Ashley, but oh well, a girl can dream, I guess. So hopefully you got a lot of information about Facebook from that episode, but if you want more, if you really want to dive into it and hear about sort of Phil's latest advice on navigating Facebook as a business, be sure to check out episode 21 with Ashley. Next up, we have, oh, it's so good. It's with Katie, episode 25. So Katie is a chef 
but she's also kind of a strategist and she's also a philanthropist. So she's a whole bunch of things and doesn't know how to concisely describe what she does. And we chose this episode because this is a common frustration that people have when they approach us for help and usually in the form of a brand audit. People usually have a tough time summing up what they do in one or two sentences. So we go through our exploration, our process of creating a brand sentence with Katie, and I think it'll be useful for you. Have a listen and enjoy. Food is really what sets you apart, I think. Like owning food and nonprofit initiatives just kind of goes together really, really well. And I like the specificity of that. What do you think, Phil? I think so too. I think it's a common thread in everything you do. You've got a lot of areas where you can work from events to consulting to, I mean, probably media opportunities and such. So that's the common thread that I think is the differentiator for sure, for sure. Well, that's that's really what I have um, tried to weave together on my own. I just feel like I'm not getting the messaging quite right so that I'm attracting the right kind of people. And I thought adding a blog to my website would really help with that. But and while the blog is a lot of fun and it's very successful, I really haven't spent any time trying to monetize that. And I feel like that should be more of an adjunct, maybe leading towards writing a book at some point. But I need to focus my website messaging at, on my professional skills. You know, very uh, few bloggers have culinary credentials. There's a lot of people that just enjoy cooking and they want to share their recipes. And some of them are very successful about it. But I have a lengthy career. I owned my own restaurants. I was written in uh, one of 30 or 40 chefs in the Great Women's Chef book. There's just a lot of things that I bring to the table through my expertise that I don't think I'm doing a very good job of, of branding, cap, you know, capitalizing on those, those specific skill sets. You have so much experience and and I, I feel like it kind of almost comes down to like your elevator pitch in a way. I think it's really challenging to succinctly describe what you do when you can do it all. So maybe that's what we should focus on today. I thought Phil was anti-elevator pitch. No, Phil loves an elevator pitch, but I don't normally call it an elevator pitch. I call it a brand sentence. I'm always for... This is a great example of someone who can do it all, just like Lauren said, like, how do you distill that into a sentence or two? How, when you're so competent, you have so many tangible skills that are monetizable, how do you distill this into a focus? And this is where we start to think about, okay, what is your perspective? What's your take on things? We get the literal services that you offer, your ability to pull off events, your ability to consult but why you, right? So every individual is made up of two things, content, personality. The personality is what keeps us coming back to you. Why you? I didn't know that you used to own a restaurant. That's super interesting. You've got a lot of, of very kind of tangible credentials that prove to us you're an expert in this space. I'm less worried about those for a minute. Keep those, put them on the shelf, but let's talk more about your philosophy. What drives you to do what you do? What are some of the wins in your career where you've looked back and, and, and those moments have happened and you've gone, you know what? That's why I do what I do. What are the first things that come to mind when I ask you that? Well, the first is more literal probably than what you imagine, but it is definitely a planting a flag moment in my life. I was on Wall Street having gone to University of Chicago for my MBA at a time where they really didn't let women into business school. And I um, won a recipe contest. So literally a win. And the prize was an apprenticeship in France. So I spent a year in Europe working in different restaurants and then came back 
not knowing at all what I was going to do, but knowing that I couldn't go back to um, Wall Street, the job I liked, the people I hated, <laughs> there was just no ethics. And so I, I found that I could do a lot of different things. And that's how I started doing so many things between working in magazines and um, catering and uh, recipe development and food styling and, and eventually within five years opening a restaurant. The core thing that links through all of it is uh, collaboration on a team, solving a problem, building a sense of community. I mean, that that, that flows into um, entertaining. It's, a, you know, one event and you're putting something together and it's magical and everyone breaks bread and has a great, great time. If it's a nonprofit thing, it's making a difference, but it's still that sort of collaboration solving a problem. It's, it ties down more to why I'm doing it than exactly what it is that I'm doing. How would you distill it into one sentence if I forced you to right now? Tell me your brand in one sentence. Well, I think, you know, that's why I sort of locked in on palette, passion, purpose, because I feel like that articulates that the, the palette brings in the food aspects of it, but it, it can also relate to style and other things besides just tasting. Passion, because I don't do anything without an inordinate amount of energy and uh, drive and uh, sustenance and endurance and all those kinds of things. So I go at things wholeheartedly. And then um, purpose, because there's sort of a sort of moral, ethical, greater good for anything that we're doing to live a purposeful kind of life. I like this for like a mission statement for your brand, but that is not it's not a brand statement. That is not a brand statement. But the, the good thing for you, Katie, is you have us on the phone and we're going to help you come up with one. We've been listening to all of this and I love your mind. It works a mile a minute, a mile a second because you truly are so competent in so many different areas. I love when when we encounter people with this challenge of like, you know what, I know I'm good at what I do and I approve of it, but how on earth do I say this in a way that people can get very quickly? Lauren, you've been so quiet. I know you're working away over here thinking about how we can help Katie. Thoughts? Yeah, so I love the themes of like palette and purpose and everything you just described. I think those are great themes to ground your brand. But I do think that there are some kind of tangible terms that that you've been using to describe your credentials that we can really boil down into like one like powerful sentence. So I think when if I were to kind of drill down on what your title is. Yes, you're a chef. Yes, you're a blogger. Yes, you're all of those things. But really, the next phase of your brand is being a social responsibility consultant. You have the business mind and the wherewithal to be able to properly advise corporations on how to give back. So I my thought that I've just kind of scribbled down and we can talk about is that your brand sentence might be something like social responsibility consultant and chef who helps corporations find purpose through food. And the reason why... I like that. Oh, good. Good. The reason why I like this is because it hits upon every everything that makes you special. And that, my friends, is a wrap. Oh, my Good Lord, I never want to do an episode alone again. Phil, you, I don't know. Phil was like, it's going to be easy. And it's taken me so many tries. Hopefully, hopefully everyone thinks this is my first time recording all of these. Um, it's Sadly, it's not. Anyway, thank you for listening. We want your feedback. So if you like these episodes, if you had a favorite recap, if there is an episode that you thought was the best this year that should have been included in this episode, 
tweet us. I'm at the Lauren Moore. Phil is at Phil Palin. We're also looking for people using the hashtag brand therapy. So let us know if you like this episode and if you like our podcast and given that it's the season of giving, if you're feeling generous, give us a five-star review in the Apple store. We will thank you. We will love you. So thank you. And um, I guess that's it, everyone. Have a happy new year. You'll hear our voices with Phil um, starting in 2019. And we are so grateful to have you listening. This is the first year of our podcast. It has been so fun, so great. Our listeners are the best. Our guests are the best. And we are just so grateful. So thank you and happy new year. Happy new year.